Okay. So, um, <coughs> Parshas Lech Lecha, we are introduced to Avraham Avinu. So, uh, I'm going to say a couple of, probably some things that the Oil already knows, but you have to know like this, that Avraham Avinu is our father. And it's a lot deeper than just, uh, we say Avraham Avinu. But in Pirkei Yovos, there's a very famous Ruach HaChayim. There's a mission in Pirkei Yovos, in the fifth parak, the second mission says, There was Sora Doiris Minoyach Vyad Avram to teach us the patience that Kodesh Borchul had. Then the next mission says, Asorin Nisioinois Nisnase Avram Ovinu Vomad Bekulam. So, Freyter Chaim Velozhener, why in the first Mishnah is he just called Avram? And the second Mishnah is called Avram Avinu. So, he says the Yisoyed that through the Nisioinois, it wasn't just that Avram Avinu passed the test. What Avram Avinu was doing by these Nisioinois was he was developing, so to say, the Ruchniyastik DNA that was now bequeathed to all of the doiris that would follow. So there he's called Avraham Avinu. But the chat is, the, that uh, Av passes on to his children his uh, his essence. When we are children of the Avis HaKidoshim, it's not just that, that it's, a, it's a, 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 an issue of our relationship, but it's a metzius of who we are. We have within our makeup the same midois and personality and koichus and potential that the Ovis had. And that's passed down to us, and that's the gift that we have from the Ovis. So, if that's true, so I want to look at some of the things that you find by Avram that are relevant to us. But the first thing I want to share with you is um, Sefer HaIkrim says Nageyat the Brisbane Absorim. This was partially of the Brisbane Absorim. Basically, Shmuel uh, told Avram to cut up some animals and walk through the animals, and then the relation sent the Shechina, went through the animals, and the Yom Hazeh, Koros, HaKadosh and Brisav Avram. So, um, the, the Sefer Ikrim, Chelek Dalek Perek Mem Hei, is Vederek Krisus Abris, Pimash Nimse Biksuvim, they would cut a living animal into two. And the people who made the bris would walk through. Right? It says, The reason why this makes the bris, They're trying to bond the love between them what what they're doing is by by making this bris we are joining together as if we are one. I'm going to take care of you like I take care of myself. So they would cut the animal half as a sign. Just like when that animal was whole, the animal had a pain in one half, it felt it in the other half. 
Right? You have a headache, you feel sick all over. You have a you know ingrown toenail, your whole body feels sick. So one chelik of the body feels the pain of the other. So just like one half of this animal felt the pain of the other. So when they cut it in half, what they're saying is just like these two halves felt each other, we are going to be together in this bris as one, and we're going to feel and connect with each other as if we are one. Is that the way the phrase is Because the word well, Maybe, I don't know. Could be. Maybe, could be. And then, and I call upon him, if you think this is the bris, I've the So HaKadosh was saying to us, we are together, mamish. Like it's not just what Avraham Avinu. It's a bris Avraham Avinu made, and we have that same bris. And so, um, and now Hakadosh Baruch Hu said to Avraham, "Listen, and now that we're as one, I got to tell you what's coming down the pike. Now we're going to tell you all the tzaras because we're, 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 it's, it's one business deal. So it's mamish. It's like a blood relation with the Abish That's what the pasuk says: Tzul vavi chelti Hashem." Hakadosh Baruch Hu is like my heart. He's a chelik. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is the liban shal Yisrael, and there's a kesher of achdus. So this is what we have from Avraham Avinu, azak kesher with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Ilu, we're one, and we have the deepest, most intimate kesher with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And the male, if that's the relation, you can talk to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and you can mamish pour out your heart to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. What you need, what you want, what your problems are. We have to take advantage of that relationship. So now it, it, we, we talk about Avraham Avinu being the, the Av of Klal Yisrael. So we say every morning we daven, Ato Hashem Lekim, Ato Asis, Shemayim, Shmeya Shemayim, Oretz, Chol Tzvom, Oretz, Chol Ayamuch, Ato Machayas, Kul Matzvo Hashemayim, Lachom Mishtachadim. Ato Hashem, Shemachartam Avraham, Leitzei Sumir Kazdim. So I once heard from Ramatis Yo Solomon, he said over Bashem Rebelio Lapian. He said this as a on a hesped for Rabbi Victor Miller. He said over this word, I may have said this in the past also, that imagine you have a parade. He said it about a king, I'll say it about the president. Imagine you have the it's inauguration day and thousands of people are lined on Pennsylvania Avenue and the president is walking down with this entire entourage, and the press is there, the newspapers are there, the satellites flying around, helicopters flying around, and secret service all over the place. And, you know, the, the, the radio was announcing a president was now walking down Pennsylvania Avenue. And all of a sudden, he would bend down and pick something up. And they would say, the president would just bend down and pick something up. We're not sure what it is. We're going to tell a man in the street, Stan, what do you think, uh, what's going on? Well, we're not very clear only what the president picked up. Um, we go to Professor McGillicuddy in the University of Michigan, an expert on inaugurations. Well, actually, uh, the, the, uh, it never has happened before. Woodrow Wilson once bent down in the middle of his inauguration, but he was tying his shoelaces. But as far as we know, uh, President Trump wears loafers, so he's probably not picking up. But um, the back down to you, Stan, on the street, you see you have some information. Well, actually, the president picked up a penny. He's an avid collector. And in fact, I think he's going to be swearing himself in on the in God we trust on that penny and uh, some say it was planned all along and anyway so it'll be a whole big hoo-ha about what the president picked up right but um, so 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 atuhu Hashem Elohim kol tzua Hashemayim l'chomishtachem and you bent down ubochartu ba'avram and you picked up Avram and why? 
Mutsosoris Lavovli Nemon Lefonech, because Avram was a Nemon. The mile of Avram is a Nemon. What's a Nemon? Nemon is someone who's loyal, reliable, consistent, <coughs> devoted, right? He's honest. All whatever Nemon means of a lot of things. But this was Avram Avinu. He was a Nemon. He, and we have to become. We have that same nemonus l'chayli, the loyalty of Klal Yisrael to the Rebbein Yisrael. You think about it, how Klal Yisrael has remained loyal to the Eibishter through we went through a Holocaust and we rebuilt. Kluda Doiris, the, the, the Yaivitz, says the greatest miracle in history is the survival of the Jewish people. Right? You know, it's, uh, you know it, it's just it's a fascinating thing how... Um, we survived. And I, I, you think about it. When I was four years old, my grandmother died. So my mother had a hard time. So they sent me to sleep away camp. I was the youngest kid in camp. I went to Camp Bahava. Uh, that doesn't exist anymore. It was owned by... Uh, Not the growth camp. What? Not the growth camp. The growth camp. Well, in my, in my days, it was a co-ed camp. And it was run by the Ullman family. It was four hidden. The, 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 the top counselor there was Simcha Kaufman, who became the head counselor in Camp Aguda. Mm-hmm. Then he was a counselor in Camp Bahava. His brother was the head counselor. And um, a lot of good shaduchim came out of that camp, actually. But, um, and I was there as a four-year-old. So I remember I, I was recruiting for Denver, and I went to Camp Aguda once, and I, I'm talking to Simcha Kaufman. I said, you remember back in the 1950s, Camp Aguda? The camp Bahava. It was like a small camp, but you know, and and he looks, he, he shows me all the kids running around in the, in the field in Camp Aguda with the payas one. He says, "Take a look, what's happened to Claudius? Look at where Claudius was gone." Right? We we remained loyal and we built and built and built, and Claudius became a different. Uh, look at what happened. Look at look at. Uh, remember Baltimore when I was in Cairo. It, was, it wasn't a small shtetl, but it wasn't what it is today. Yisrael has grown and burgeoned, and it, it's unbelievable. That's one nakuda of, of the loyalty that Yisrael has to the Rabbi Nishalelu. That's our survival. And um, another nakuda is to learn from the others who they were. If you look at the Hakdoma to the, to the Hamik Dover, to Sefer Beratius, so, Sefer Bereshis is referred to also as Sefer Hayosha. And so the Hamikdover explains the Yeshla. Now, he says it's called Sefer Hayosha, and Rabbi Yochanan says that the Ovois are called Yeshorim, because it says in the Pasuk, Thomas Nafshi Mois Yeshorim. So, the Sefer is called Sefer Hayosha after who? After Bilam Arosha. Why do you call them tzaddikim? And, and why is the Sefer called Yeshorim? Right? And Bilam Davin for himself, Thomas Nafshi Mois Yeshorim, right? So he says, the Shevach Yoshu Nemulat Hatstik Dina Kodeshbor, Chubin by Yesheni. That's a term we use at Sadik Vyosher, who, because of Chubin by Yesheni, that there was a door, Ikeshu Pesalto. So it was, I'm going to skip a lot of what he says, but he says, he says, Akodeshbor Hu Yosher Hu. 
Kodesh Baruch was straight. He's not soibel tzaddikim that, you know, they're tzaddikim, but lemaisa, they treat everybody else since they're not as firm as them like, like shmatis. Without any crookery, no, no crookite. Avil bishul Hashem Shemayim. You try to be, you know, you try to be krum, you know, it's not going to work. This was the shevach of the what does it mean that we assure him? Shesnagu and umoy so oilum afilu oiv the alilim mechuorim. How did they deal with goyim? Hoyeimum biava. They loved them. Mechoshul the toivosim. They were concerned about their good. Ba'asher hoyekim abriya. They were concerned about maintaining the world. Vayshon eroy kamish tatech avrom abinu luspalal al sedoyim. He hated their rishos. You should love tzedek and hate Russia. What does it mean? You love to be matzik my brios, but this little harshin, you don't want to make them rishoyim. So I know mamishka avamoyim goyim. I call upon him. So you see how throughout that Rome's handler ride with the goyim was always with yashras, right? And that's how a yid has to be. We have to be yashorim. We have to be glad to mention, like Rabbi Breuer said, when uh, the, by the yekas they started to have glad kashemit. So he said, it's not only going to be got kosher, it's going to be glat yosher. And that was his famous statement. So, a koponim. Um, so we have to be the same way. So you talk of find that, you know, Yidin sometimes rise to the occasion in every situation. Uh, they try to be a shorim. Uh, so there's a mice I saw that there was a Yid whose wife had surgery. If some of these mice that I may have told you, but this Yid, his wife had to have a surgery on her scalp. The doctor said, I can't do the surgery unless she has to use a certain shampoo before I do the surgery. And so they got everything ready. They come to the hospital and they realize just before evening, before the night before the surgery, he forgot to get the shampoo. He charges out of the hospital. He runs around the block. He comes to a pharmacy. They're just closing. They're pulling down the gate. He says, please let me in. I, I gotta, if I don't get the shampoo, my wife won't get the surgery. Uh, he begs them. and says, okay, come in. Take him in, he gets the shampoo, and he realizes he left his wallet in the hospital. So he says, can I pay you tomorrow? And so they say, okay, fine, I'll trust you, pay you tomorrow. He comes in the next morning to pay, and he hears a bunch of cheering. So that's what's going on. So they tell him, you know, we, we made a bed over here in the pool. You know, all the Walgreens pharmacies in the area we had a bet if you're going to come in and pay or not. Right, so the guys who were cheering and the guys who put money that you're going to come in. So all of a sudden, the guy comes running out of the farm and says, "Hey, wait, that's no fair!" He said, "What's no fair? You didn't tell me he was Jewish." <laughs> so, uh, so uh, that's uh, you know that's an attitude that that you that's bred through Yidden giving the idea to people that we're enemies of people that you can rely on. Like the famous story with the guy, um, his wife was in labor. So you got to get to Manhattan to Sinai Hospital, wherever they were going. You got to go through the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel. 
and it's backed up on a weekday morning to, from here all the way down to Long Island, whatever. And so he doesn't know what to do. He's not going to wait. So he goes through the uh, the bus the bus uh, bus route, and the next thing you know, the cop is chasing him and pulls him over. And he says, "Well, you didn't pay toll." And he says, "My wife is in labor. I got to get to the hospital." So oh, I didn't know. And he gives him an escort to the hospital. And so on the way back that night. The guy comes by and he puts two tokens in the toll. You know, he throws two tokens in it, whatever he pays, double. And so the lady says, was it a boy or a girl? So he, he says, well, how do you know? He says, because we figured a guy like you would pay toll twice on the way back. And therefore, I just wanted to know if it was a boy or a girl. <laughs> and so he said, what's the shot? Because he was a Jew, and they knew if a Yid is going to come back, he's going to pay twice. Not every Yid's going to do that, and some Yid will try to beat the system. But Lemaisa, Klal Yisrael, as I mentioned, that's the way we are. And that's all because Avram was a Mammon, and we have that Mida, that we're Erlich people, we're honest people, and we can be trusted. And you see this many times, that because we are Yidin, people give us uh, trust. So that's uh, certainly one of the Midas we have from Avram Avinu. Obviously, uh, the Chesed of Avram is... is Paramount that the Claudius Shola, Gaimle Chesed, you see, uh, this is the stories you're telling about Detroit and all these places. People are looking for opportunities to do Chesed. It's unbelievable. Right? I once spoke in, uh, where was I took out the book, the telephone book from Lakewood, all the pages of the Gemachs. Right, you know, it's like ten, twelve pages of gemachs. Right, and here also you look at the uh, advertising of all the gemachs. You know, it's it's unbelievable. You know what you can get from a gemach. My, my daughter just came from Eretz to Cleveland. Right, she, most of her house is just from gemachs. You know, <laughs> whatever you need. You know, people are you know looking for opportunities to do chasodim, and so uh, it was a mice. I just heard there were. And if I told this this week, last week, there was uh, two people. Let's say one guy's name was Ephraim Greenberg and one name was Menachem Weinberger. And uh, they were both Holocaust survivors. Both lost their all their family. And they became very close friends in the displaced persons camp. They were just, they were friends as all they had in the world. And Menachem Weinberger was able to get a visa to go to Canada. But if Ryan Greenbaum, uh, Greenberg wasn't on, it was it, he had typhus, so he couldn't get a visa. He couldn't he couldn't get on the boat because he was sick. He had typhus; they wouldn't let him on. So when Menachem Weinberg came to say goodbye to Ryan Greenbaum, so he started to cry and he said, "You're going to leave me? I'm going to be alone. What am I going to do? I have nobody else in the world. I'll be stuck over here forever." So Menachem Weinberger said, "Here, listen." Take my passport, take my ticket. From now on, you are Menachem Weinberger and I'm a Ephraim Greenbaum. And you go and get on the boat. And he gave him his papers and they switched identities. Guy got on the boat. Doesn't work. Guy got on the boat and he moved to Canada and he became Ephraim Greenbaum. And he became Menachem Weinberger and Menachem Weinberger was Ephraim Greenbaum and he eventually made his way to New York. After many years... He went to the Vizmitzer Rebbe, and he says, I think I'm ready to go back to be Menachem Weinberger. You know, is it okay? He said, Your name 
is a statement of chesed that you once did for another yid. You're not giving that up. That's going to be your name. That's your ticket to Elam You're going to stay frying Greenbaum the rest of your life. Don't give it up because that's the chesed that you did. That's that's who you are. And so that's a, a, a midah of, of the godless and what Claudius is all about. And, you know, this, this an endless mysum of chesed that... Um, you know, we can talk about uh, the famous story that uh, is not really. It's a mice that there was a year, it was a friar year. He survived the war, he came to Eretz Yisrael, it was totally fry. One day, Shabbos, he turns on the radio, and he hears a gewalt. Shabbos, you're turning on the radio, he turns around, there's his father, dressed in his tachrichim, with a little boy next to him. My father says, I'm warning you, better do tshuva. Next thing you know, the father disappears. Guy goes, takes two aspirins, goes to sleep. Figures something's wrong. Next shops, it happens again. Third time it happens, is young Kipper. And again, he is gewalt, it's young Kipper. And you're listening to the radio, whatever, was smoking a cigarette. And um, again, it's his father with this kid next to him. He doesn't know what's going on. But he realized this is not Pashat. Right? It's not like he's dreaming. You know, he's fine. So what do you do? Those days, there was one place you went. You went to B'nai Brak to the Chazanish. So he gets on a bus. Living in Haifa, he gets on a bus, he goes to B'nai Brak. He gets to the Chazanish's house, and he knocks on the door, then he says, what am I doing here? the Chazanish, I'm a friar, yid, I'm a chidloi, what am I doing? <coughs> the door opens up. Before he has a chance to leave, Chazanish looks at him and says, oh, you're the Yid whose father has no rest in the oil of Emes. He figures, okay, I'm in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes in, Chazanish says, so tell me, what sechus do you have that your father, and this is not Poshim, people cannot just come to this world from oil of Emes, they can't come to people in dreams, it's not Poshim, what did you ever do to, to, to earn this? He says, I don't know, they need a minion once in a while. I help out with a minion. He says, no, that's not going to cut it. I, I plant the trees in the forest. No, that's not going to cut it. He says, uh, what did you do? He says, I think uh, I remember. He says, before the war, the beginning of the war, my father was a rogue. And most of the men had been taken away already. A lady came from a nearby town and told us that there was a little boy that died. And they didn't know how to bury him. They didn't have the ability to bury him. The men weren't there. So what should they do? So my father said to me, there was a little kid at the time, he says to me, Yankel, go to the go to the, the middle of the night, you're going to go through the forest, because the Nazis are on the road, you go through the forest and go to that town, you'll pick up the body, bring it back through the forest and meet me in the cemetery. I don't know about you, but you know I don't enjoy walking through the forest in the middle of the night, and especially when the place is crawling with Nazis. And um, you know, remember when I was in Camp Monk, I once dared my counsel to walk into the woods. You know, we had I think we were lax or whatever it was. You know, we dared him to walk into the woods. So, and we were so impressed that he did it. You know, so 
to walk from one town to the other in the middle of the war, in the middle of the night, and then take a dead body back, right? And you're hearing the coyotes and who knows what, and you carry it. It's got to be a very creepy thing. And then you meet your father in the cemetery and dig a grave and bury the kid. So the chazi, oh, that's taka. What it, that was Yosechus. And your father's coming back, and the little boy next to him is the boy that you brought to Kvura. Right? And the schus you have is because he did that chesed. <coughs> so, but I'm warning you, listen to what your parents are telling you, because this is your chance to do tshuva. The guy did a whole tshuva, and he says from then on he was tremendously matzliach and everything he did in his life. But the chesed is a gemarik lezach, and you see the schusim that a person can get. So that's another nakuda that you learn from Avraham Avinu. And the next thing you learn from Avraham Avinu is that he went to fight for Lot. Lot was captured, and he said, listen, we're brothers, I'll be there for you. So he goes and he fights these mighty kings, the, you know what they said? What there were one million eight hundred thousand soldiers or something like that. He fought, and uh, he wiped them out. You know, but when he took on such a battle, because it was his brother, we have that loyalty for each other. That's also from Avraham Avinu. You know, a yid comes to your house to collect money. We don't ask Shilas Mehechatesa who gave you just to knock on my door, right? What's the Shaila? It's 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 a. It's, it's a given. The guy comes to your house, he puts down his paper, standard donation, give him a standard donation. Generous donation, you give him a generous donation. One meal equivalent, you give him one meal equivalent. Whatever it is, whatever they tell you to do. But, you know, and, uh, but that's the way we are. We know, we know, I say, well, how dare you knock on my door? What's the Shiloh? That's Klaal Yisrael. Maisa with the Meshulach in Florida. I remember Maisa. Meshulach went to Florida and, and uh, collected God's fine. And he's driving his rental car through Georgia, and he gets caught speeding. So the cop sees he's got an Israeli license, so he takes him in to the courthouse. And the, the judge says, that's going to be like $300, whatever. So he pulls out a water bills, and he peels off $300. And the judge's eyes pop out. He says, where did you get all that money? The judge thinks he's a drug dealer with the Israeli mafia, and he's driving a rental car, speeding up the highway, going up north. And he says, uh, you're doing drugs. I says, I'm not doing drugs. I'm a mishulach. I'm collecting money. He says, what are you talking about? He says, I'll call the rabbis in Florida. So what he gets, so he had a call to Ephraim Shapiro and uh, Rabbi Janowski and uh, whoever else is there. And they sent him affidavits. Yeah, this guy was here. We remember. We filled out the thing. And, uh, okay, so the judge says, okay, i got to let you go. The policeman looks at the guy. He says, "Tell me something. Are you a you know, are you an actor?" He says, "No, I'm just a regular Jew." That you're a sports hero. Oh, I'm just a regular guy. He says, no, "You got to be a you got to be a famous uh, celebrity." He says, "No, I'm just a plain Jew." He says, "I don't get it. You're a plain Jew. You walk into somebody's house and they give you eighteen dollars. Yeah, people do it all the time. <laughs> and, and you collected all that money. Yeah." He says, gee, I think I joined the wrong religion. <laughs> you know, that's Klal Yisrael. That's who we are. Where did that come from? It comes from Avraham Avinu. Right? The, the loyalty to each other is, is Ad and Shir. I get pleased with the Rosen family with the, with the drug for cancer. And um, I, I stayed in, 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 when I used to go collecting money in Phoenix, I stayed by a family named Rosen. Right? 
they weren't religious when I first met her. And I, I, I showed up in Arizona to collect money. There was a savings and loan debacle in Arizona, and all the banks went. Uh, and I show up to collect money. So she says to me, you know, you know what's going on here. So she says, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, you know, we're not in a good matzah right now, but before you leave, you want to call me, you can try me again. So I call her up before I leave, and she says, if you want a small check, you can come to my office. It's better than sitting in the motel room doing nothing. So I went in. I figured I'd get $18. So she sits and we're schmoozing. And she gives me a check for $500. And she gets on the phone and she calls a few people that there's this rabbi here. Can you help out? So then she says to me, if you want to put up with my tray for home, you can stay by me next time. So I figured for $500, a small check, I'll stay by her the next time. So for years, I would stay in their house. She became from, she eventually was nifter from cancer. So her husband, Sid Rosen, was a lawyer. He gave up his law practice to fight the cancer. He found out from a friend of his in the Mayo Clinic somewhere that the NCI, the National Cancer Institute, has a drug that they're not releasing. But that drug can help his wife. So he's very connected with Congress. Like he ran McCain's campaign. Very big in, in politics. So, um, so he told this to me. My wife and I went to California to visit them when she was in chemotherapy in California. So they drove us back to the airport. They told me this is what I heard from them. So he says, so I thought that I was fighting the cancer. And they found that there's this drug not being released. So all my friends in Congress sent letters to the NCI. He's connected with the vice president, with the senators, with everybody. They all sent letters, garnished to go home from. So he told me, it was May, time for the APAC convention. So he says to me, you know, on one hand, they usually go to the APAC convention. At the same time, my wife is in chemo, I should go to the convention, like Then I said, you know, I go to the convention, maybe I can, at the same time, Trying to meet with the director of the NCI. <coughs> so he decides he's going. But they're, they're Balei Tshuva. He wasn't as from as his wife. So where's he going to stay for Shabbos? He doesn't know anybody in Washington. He doesn't know anybody in Baltimore. So he has Mormon friends. So he makes up. He's staying for Shabbos with his Mormon friends. So he gets to, 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 to Washington. Friday morning he calls the NCI. And he finally gets through to the director and he says, can we meet? So she says, okay, five to five, we can meet. Last five minutes of the day. And she knows who she's meeting with, right? So he says, it's a little bit awkward for me to say this, but I'm Sabbath observant. I'm spending my Sabbath with my Mormon friends, and I'm not just sure I know my way around the beltway yet, so I'm, I think it's, uh, I'm afraid I won't get back till after sundown, so could we uh, meet a little bit earlier? So he tells me, it was quiet on the other side of the phone, and she says, I know I'm going to regret this, but I'm also Sabbath observant, and I can't let you spend Shabbos with the Mormons. You'll be my guest, and we'll meet at four. So he tells me, I said, okay, I, let me think about it. I'll call you right back. He says, I hung up the phone, picked up the phone, called her right back, and said, I'm coming. Right? So anyway, he says, by the end of Shabbos, I was Uncle Sid. We were friends. The drug was released. He says, I took her to the APEC convention, and... Uh, Introduced it to the president and uh, this, uh, the former uh, <coughs> senator from New Jersey, Paul Lortenstein, uh, met them. He, he said, What? Lortenberg. Lortenberg. He met them. He says, So, Sid, what's with the darn NCI? He said, I want you to know it's all taken care of. I want you to meet the director, Dr. Susan Auerbach. Everything is fine. Right? 
Say, what do you see? God's Congress couldn't be poiled. With two yidin, two fruma yidin, everything, everything goes. That's loyalty. That's, that's Avroma Vinu. That's a, with two fruma yidin, there's nothing to talk about, right? That, that's the way we are. It's, it's just, uh, I they trust you with the bracelet. This is two fruma yidin. I wouldn't, uh, I saw this. that's Cloud Yisrael. Anyway, so that, that's one thing you find. Uh, Avram sends Yishmol away. This was not posh for Avram. He loved Yishmol. Avram Avinu loves everybody. Kalvachem is his own child. He didn't want to say. Avram says, no. Kachmor says, listen to Sarah. He sends away Yishmol. What do we get from Avram? The ability to send your kids away to Yeshiva. Right? It's not posh to send your children away. But I think that's a kayak you get from Avram that you have. If this is what the Rots and Abayri is, this is what's best, this is what I have to do. I send my kids to Yeshiva. I remember when I went to Yeshiva the first time, I went to Denver. I was going to 12th grade. I was not a kid. and I wasn't a baby anymore. But I found that later on, my mother ended up in the hospital. She, it was so emotional for her that, that she ended up, or she had high pressure as it was, but this, this put her over the top. And my sisters told me, they, you know, didn't tell me till she was better and back home, but she took it very hard. You know, it's, it's not posh. It. The parent sends away a child. They love their children. But this is what Hashem wants, and this is what we do. There's a famous mice that there was a World War I broke out, so many of the, come out, all the yeshiva bachur went home, be with their parents. So one bachur didn't have money. He walked home. It was a town of Rabbi Isser Zalman. He walked home. took him a week to walk home. He comes home, shows up at the door. His mother says, what are you doing here? He says, don't you know there's a war? She says, you're supposed to be in yeshiva. That's the best place for you. Now turn around and go back to yeshiva. So he was so exhausted from walking for a week, it took him two weeks to walk back. Comes back and goes into the base matter, starts learning. Rabbi Isser Zalman says, what are you doing here? My mother sent me back. Mrs. Alman noticed his shoes. They were mamish totally. So um, he said, I'm going to buy a new pair of shoes. On the deal, you give me these. So the legend is that he took those shoes and he gave them to Rab Aaron. Mrs. Alman was a Baron Schneer. Rab Aaron gave it to Rab Schneer. And Rab Schneer gave it to Rab Aaron Malkiel. I don't think that, I don't know if that's true. They probably left them in Europe. But I'll call upon him, the Bocher was her blazer shach. And uh, the mother was, she created him. She wasn't, it's World War One. yes, you're home, Baruch Hashem. No, you belong in Yeshiva, get back to Yeshiva. There's nothing to talk about. Right? That's the way you create the Gadol Batayra. But your parents all the time, it's not Pashat, they send the kids away, it's not easy. But um, that's where you get it from. Okay, it's getting late, so we'll have to... Uh, but, but the bottom line is that we're zoiche, the midas that we have, to the koiches that we have, through the fact that we have these midas from Avroma Vinu, the, the bris mila. Klaizos moiser nefesh, or bris mila. Right? What's the pshat? Because Avroma Vinu did a bris mila, and he gave it over to Klaus Yisrael, that it's within our genes that a kid has to have a bris mila. I just read the the Luge of a Rebbe used to tell this over the story every time he was a Sandik by Bris he would tell the story that he was by the Janowska the Janowska um, camp whatever it was it was a transit camp or something like that and he was working there he was sewing wood with a with another yid and then he was tall 
So the Nazis, Badafka made the other guy saw him being short. So it was very uncomfortable. But they enjoyed watching the Eden suffer. All of a sudden, they hear crying, Geferlicha crying. They find out it was a, a children's transport was taken to be killed. And then all of a sudden, he, 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 he sees a woman, very pale, eyes are burning, and she says, I need a knife. And he figures she wants to kill herself. And he says, what's your rush? You get to, you get to heaven the day later, but we don't kill ourselves. And the lady ignores him also. She sees a Nazi standing there. And she notices the Nazi's got a knife in his pocket. You can see the outline of the knife. And she goes to him and says, give me that knife. The Nazi didn't know what hit him. He gives her the knife. And she bends down. And she has a bundle on the floor. And Fritz Blutschreber first sees that she opens up the bundle and there's a little baby lying on a pillow. And she says, And she bends down and she does a bris meal on the kid. Then she says, You gave me a Yiddish kind. I'm giving back to you. Right? And she gives back the bloody knife to the Nazi and she gives him the baby. And so Blutschreber said, that bris, probably in Shemayim, made, a, made an earthquake in Shemayim, right? And every time there was a bris, he would say over oh, such a story. But that, Klal Yisrael took from Avraham Avinu as a Messiah's nefesh for a mitzvah, that, you know, not shayach, that's who we are, that's the, that's who we have, all the way down to the Akedah, where, you know, that's Klal Yisrael, how many yidn of Moise nefesh throughout the Deiris, um, Al-Kiddush Hashem, uh, so another story just with the blues of a Rebbe that um, it was Erevi and Kippur they went to the Kapo Kapo was the Yid that was in charge of them and usually they became very cruel because they were in cahoots with the Nazis they figured that they'll buy them some time and so we asked this Yid who was also not so partial, not so it's tomorrow's Yom Kippur we have a few Chevrolet that want to daven could you figure out a way to get us a job where we can daven and for some reason, he, he mellowed, and he said, yeah, I'll get you a job. So they had a chevr of a minion, and he got him a job to clean one of the your commandant's offices. So while they're cleaning, they're davening, Yom Kippur davening. In the middle, in the middle, the Nazis come in with a tray of gewaldica tasting food. And they say, okay, eat. And they say, we're not eating today's Yom Kippur. So they call in the kapo, and they say, we want these guys to eat. We're coming back in an hour, they better eat, or we're going we're gonna to kill you. So he says, the kapo says to them, listen, today is Yom Kippur, and they're not eating, and I'm not eating. And if you want to kill me, you can kill me now. And he pulls open his shirt, and the Nazi kills him on the spot. But he's a yid, he was, you know, but Bashas Maisa, he was ready to die al Kiddush Hashem. That was over and over again, Meissen like that in Klal Yisrael. That's Klal Yisrael. That's the Yerusha we have from Avraham Avinu. And so um, they say that one of the shitas and the ten Nesioinus of Avraham Avinu, most shitas say that the ultimate Nesioin was the Akedah. But some say Rabbeinu Yoinus says the final Nesioin was buying the kever for Sarin. So was the pshat. Chayra, what was the nesayin? I said, uh, through everything I did, 
I want to bury my wife, and now I got to deal with this uh, used car salesman over here, Ephraim. That's, that's the last thing I need. I could have wiped the floor with the guy. I was in the seal of Kim, and this guy's treating me like a schmat, and he charged me 400 gold coins, like a shiga, right? And Avram Avinu deals with him like mama, she's dealing with a businessman with integrity, and he pulls out the money, and he gives it to him without a shy, without a word. Mama, like, you know, every businessman's customer dream. Like, this is what want. So, says, what's in the soyim? They say, the Gemara tells us that Chanina ben Tradian was teaching Torah Barabbin. So Yosef ben Kismas Rebbe says, you know, Chanina, you're risking your life. The Romans are going to kill you. So he says, I got to teach Torah. So then he says to his Rebbe, He says, Rebbe, you think I'll make it to Abba? So his Rebbe, Yosef ben Kismas, did he ever do any special Misa? So he says, yeah, I once was collecting money for uh, Purim, for Matonis Lavyoinim, and I got money mixed up, and I gave all, you know, some of it was my money, some was, I gave it all to stuff. So, oh, my chelik should be like your chelik. So the shayla is, the guy is just, he's teaching Torah Barabim, Moiser Nefesh, Al-Kiddush Hashem, he eventually was one of the Arugay Malchus, right? And his Rebbe said, did he ever do anything good? Who was the pshat? So the pshat is, that sometimes people like to do things that grab headlines. You know, the big mice that everyone is famous for, people like to do. It gets you, you know, oh, hi, you know. But the small, little, cleaner kind and <laughs> that don't capture, you know, you're not, they're not going to write on your, uh, on, on your tombstone that he smiled at people, right? That's not going to make it. Right? You, you want to do things that are going to make it, on, you know. So, but that's not going to get there, right? The, so he says, oh, but that's where you see greatness. Great people, you can tell from the small things that they do. Right? That's the greatness you see in a person. So then you see a kleinakite now, a person interacts. You know, I remember we, when I was in Kailu here, I went uh, with a few bachim of Unalite to visit the Rosh Yeshiva of Ruderman. He'd just come back from surgery. She was in his... He was managing his bathrobe and everything, and we went to visit him. And Weinberg Zetzal brought him a coffee. I still remember how he made the bracha in that coffee. It was a simple shahakoni bidvaro, but it was like, you know, it was the most gishmak tasting bracha you ever heard, right? And, it was, and here he's a sick person, he just got out of surgery, and he mamashed But the, the, you saw it in the Kleinikite, you saw godless, you know, so. That was Avroma Vinu, and um, Yetz Hashem, we should all be zoichet to live up to who we are, and what we are, and what the uh, what the Brisbane Absorum teaches us. Zoichet Shiat Kain, if I hear you mean.